When the 1953 Mount Everest expedition assembled in Kathmandu, Nepal of early March, there were two very distinct groups. First, the leadership team, who were composed of John Hunt, the English military officer who organized the assault. He, along with Edmund Hillary, his fellow Kiwi George Lowe, and several other proper British gentlemen were in charge of the planning and executing of the mission to summit Mount Everest. The second group was made up of 20 Sherpas, led by Tenzing Norgay, who would carry the brunt of the heavy lifting. This included anything and everything the expedition needed to succeed. Most of these responsibilities were not glamorous, and worse still, the Sherpas traditionally were treated as lowly cattle, simply a tool a mountaineer would use. It would be up to Edmund and Tenzing to bring these two into one cohesive unit. If they failed, the 1953 expedition would likely have had a much different result. Instead of merely creating harmony amongst the party, these two unlikely men would forge a bond between Mountaineer and Sherpa that continues to stand the test of time. Please join me as we continue to look at why Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay are hidden gems of history. The Sherpa guides and mountaineers have been working with foreigners to climb Himalayan summits for over 30 years at this point. They were known to be good-natured, friendly, and hard-working. In the previous year, the Sherpas bonded dearly with the Swiss. They shared drinks, played cards, gambled, and were even close enough to sleep in the same tents as the climbers from Switzerland. Unfortunately, in many expeditions, foreigners would incorrectly assume that their sunny disposition meant they were dim-witted. The Englishmen in 1953 were one such example of thoughtlessness towards the locals. With no hotels or lodging in Kathmandu, the British embassy was the only viable option for the party to spend the night. All of the leadership group was offered a room, and even Tenzing was initially situated inside. However, the Sherpas were ushered into the garage of the building. Like most garages, it has no restroom, space was limited, and probably wasn't the most comfortable for sleeping. Tenzing Norgay joined his associates in a show of solidarity. The Sherpas protested by urinating on the road the next morning. Both the embassy and John Hunt were very displeased. This was an incredibly rough start for the expedition, which had barely begun their two-plus-month journey. Upon leaving the embassy, the members were split into several teams. The group we'll focus on is the trio of Tenzing Norgay, George Lowe, and Edmund Hillary. Their role early on Everest was to establish some of the early camps, paving the way for the rest of the party to join them later. This involved the difficult task of routing the ice wall. The Everest ice wall is intimidating. If you look it up on Google Images, you'll see that the ice wall is exactly what it sounds like. It's a 90-degree incline of nothing but ice for a long way up. It's considered to be the most dangerous section of pure mountain climbing on Everest, and many people have died by falling into crevasses as large as 1,000 square feet. Hillary's goal was to scale and set up camps 2 and 3 before Hunt and the rest of his men and supplies would arrive. George Lowe, Hillary's good friend, was an excellent climber and more experienced than him but no one could keep up with Edmund's pace. No one, that is, until he took on the icefall with Tenzing. 
Hillary ascended at a furious tempo. Tenzing Norgay matched his every stride. The lead Sherpa had already been on Everest an incredible six times and still held the record for highest altitude achieved on Everest. Hillary was incredibly pleased. Finally, he had found a partner that was more prepared and skilled than he was. If he was still considering George Lowe or any other climber to be his duo to reach the ceiling of the world, all doubts were cast aside after he made a mistake that would probably have cost his mountaineering career and possibly his life. It started out as a bet by Edmund Hillary. He wagered George Lowe that he and Tenzing could make it from Camp 2 to base camp by 5 p.m. one day. Lowe scoffed at the notion. He figured it would be impossible for the duo to descend the difficult passage in less than an hour. Edmund Hillary sprinted off with a poor Sherpa, not knowing what he had just signed up for. Hillary went faster than he ever had before. He threw caution to the wind, taking every shortcut he could think of. He even leapt between crevasses instead of safely crossing the pitfalls, with only a cord linking the two men together. On one of such jumps, Edmund came up short, missing the next ledge and began to fall helplessly down the crevasse. With no time to spare, Tenzing threw down his ice axe into the frozen surface and secured the rope to prevent himself from following Hillary into the void. Hillary came away mostly unscathed, and they even made it to base camp by the 5pm deadline. From then on, Tenzing was more than just a Sherpa to the New Zealander. He had saved his life. There would be no time to repay that debt, however, as they still had a mountain to summit. The unlikely pair would be the second of two attempts at reaching the peak. The first pair was Tom Burdillon and Charles Evans. The two were on the precipice of success. They reached the south summit by midday and still had some oxygen left for the final hurdles. However, they were exhausted and believed they did not have enough time or oxygen remaining to safely reach the peak and get down to a safer altitude. While understandably frustrated, Burdillon and Evans could take some solace in the fact that they set a new altitude record. At 28,750 feet, the summit was less than 300 feet away, the vertical length of less than a football field. Motivated by the first strike at the mountaintop, Edmund Hillary was eager to finish what Burdillon and Evans started. Hillary, Tenzing, and their support started the second attempt carrying an enormous amount of weight. Tenzing, in the majority of the party, was carrying upwards of 50 pounds of supplies. Edmund Hillary was carrying 63 pounds, about a third of his body weight. The support team could only assist them so far. After they parted ways, the duo still had about a thousand feet of mountain between them and victory. They set out early, determined to reach their goal. The snow beneath their feet was drifting due to strong winds, making their footing incredibly dangerous. They pushed through until they came across the last obstacle, a large and intense slope that blocked their path. This slope would later be known as the Hillary Step. The two had a short discussion, and it was decided that they would go venture over the top of the slope instead of trying to go around on either side. It was the scariest climb of Edmund Hillary's life, and didn't feel any relief until he looked ahead and found there was no longer anywhere else to go. Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay had reached the summit of Mount Everest. After more than three decades worth of trial and error by a slew of countries, a New Zealand beekeeper and the Sherpa with the iconic smile 
had ascended to unfathomable heights. They couldn't stay for long. A few pictures were taken of the area. Hillary planted a cross in the ground. Norgay buried some candy in the snow. And after 15 minutes, they turned back. The first person to greet them on their way down was George Lowe, who presented them with celebratory soup and oxygen. From there, word was sent that they had completed their quest and news had made it all the way to the royal family back in England in just a few short hours. Before they even made it back to base camp, the duo was world famous. The entire expedition party was given recognition across the globe. Edmund Hillary became Sir Edmund Hillary as he was knighted later that year along with John Hunt. Tenzing Norgay, for his part, was awarded the George Medal from the British government, the Order of the Star of Nepal commendation, the Padma Bhushan from India, and many more awards for civilian bravery and achievement. Despite the adulations and glory eventually fading, the lives of Tenzing Norgay and Sir Edmund Hillary would be forever changed. I said in the last episode that we don't know exactly when Tenzing Norgay was born, but if you look up his bio online, you'll find that his listed birthday is May 29th. Tenzing decided to celebrate his birthday that day for one simple reason. May 29th is the day he reached the summit of Everest with Edmund Hillary. When looking back on his life, Tenzing Norgay reflected and said, It had been a long road, from a mountain coolie, a bearer of loads, to a wearer of a coat with rows of medals, who was carried about in planes and worries about income tax. Edmund Hillary never forgot the life debt he owed to Tenzing Norgay and decided to pay it forward to the Sherpa people. He took charge in funding and developing desperately needed schools and hospitals in remote villages in the Himalayas. He was the president of nonprofits that fought to provide better living conditions in that often neglected region and made sure the mountains surrounding the Sherpa people would be preserved. After Everest, Hillary still had many incredible conquests. He is, after all, one of the most accomplished mountaineers and outdoorsmen of all time. Edmund was the first person to reach the summit of Everest along with the North and South Pole. He was also part of a rather strange quest to find and document the Yeti, or as some know him from Monsters Incorporated, the Abominable Snowman. On the 50th anniversary of that legendary climb, Peter Hillary, Edmund's son, and Tashi Tenzing, Tenzing Norgay's grandson, successfully climbed Mount Everest together to honor the duo. The achievements their ancestors made are for the history books, but the love the two men had for each other has united the two families for the rest of time. Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay will forever be hidden gems of history. If you have someone in mind who you think should be highlighted as a hidden gem of history, or just want to learn about an undervalued time in history, feel free to email the show at hiddengemsofhistory at gmail.com with your suggestion. Hidden Gems of History could not be made without the help of so many people. This episode especially could not be made without my father. 
Once again, my father was an invaluable resource as he provided me with the book Everest, The Mountaineering History by Walt Unsworth. There are so many incredible details of this expedition. Please check out this complete historical anthology of Everest if this story has sparked an interest in you. Thanks, Dad. And thank you for taking the time to listen, share, and subscribe to my podcast. It means the world to me, and I can honestly say this is the most fulfilling endeavor I've ever pursued. I'm Matt Dahlberg, and this has been Hidden Gems of History.